Welcome back to Careers Explain. Today we're talking with Kelly Bland about her career path and current role. She received her bachelor's degree from Elon University in Communications and her Master's of Arts in International and Intercultural Communication from the University of Maryland, Baltimore County. Her previous work experience includes working as an English teacher trainer for the Peace Corps, as a Shriver Peace Worker Fellow for Friends of Patterson Park, and as a Team Development Specialist for AFS Intercultural Programs. She is currently a Program Analyst at the U.S. Department of State. Welcome, Kelly, and thanks for coming on today. Can you start by telling us what you do in your current role? Sure. Um, so <clears throat> I currently work for the in the State Department, um, the Bureau of Population, Refugee, and Migration. Um, and so within that bureau, there's different offices like that focus on different things, migration. Um, there's my office that's admission. So it's basically everything that has to do with getting the refugees to the United States admitted into the U.S. So I, and within my office, I work on the policy team. So like doing all the policy work and like we kind of I guess, organize all the policy papers that are being written to make sure they're like, they're prepared and ready to go for our um, principal, our, our secretary. So it, a lot of policy work. <laughs> so interesting. Okay, within that description, can you break down some of your most common roles and responsibilities? Sure. Um, so I guess my most, some of my most common roles would be um, if we have there's our um, assistant secretaries going on a trip to um, somewhere in South America, for example. So then my team works with all the um, policy paper to make sure that um, she's prepared for her trip. So anything that there's equities that our office wants to share with the people that she's meeting with, um, we kind of collect all that information, get it cleared through everyone to make sure it's ready to go for her when she goes on her trip. Gotcha. So trip specific would be one example of yeah that. trip it would be a trip or she's doing a speech or if um she's meeting with like a president or a minister of foreign affairs or something like that um we prepare and not just her so we have we have an assistant secretary um julieta noise but then under her there's a bunch of um deputy secretary so sometimes they will fill in for her because she can't do everything so yeah. we prepare all of those I think there's four other four of them so we prepare all of them um their um information as well so okay they're basically <clears throat> speakers or presenters at a certain level right your department and your job is to prep them for whatever type of engagements they might right have. exactly Make sure they're informed okay right. and then along with the making sure they're prepped writing kind of reports or policy mm -hmm. analysis, what does that look like in terms of process? Can you walk through sort of the timeline of when you get an assignment to crazy, mm -hmm. what you do to accomplish that? Um, so it depends on how quickly or how far out we get the assignment, but sometimes, you know, it could be like a week out and we'll, you know, gather. And sometimes we don't, most of the times we're not actually writing the information because we're not the um, subject experts, but we're kind of gathering the information and then reaching out and saying, hey, like you, you know, we within our bureau, we have um, offices for different regions of the world. So um, just say, or say, hey, you know, Western hemisphere people, you, can you read this and make sure 
that it sounds right, it sounds correct, and then they'll input. So we kind of like reach out to everybody in our office to make sure their equities and their like expertise is shown in the paper. Um, and then after that, we have to clear it through all the bureaucracy. There's a lot of levels to clearing it. And then once it's cleared, we send it to our assistant secretary. And sometimes she has to make changes um, depending on if she, you know, wants to switch stuff around or if it's good to go, then it goes through there and um, goes from there. So you just kind of like start with the bones of like a template and then you fill in the template and ask your colleagues to fill in the rest. Gotcha. Okay. So you're first you gather kind of data or information from maybe the internet, like what's your first? Right. Or like press, we have like press okay. information. So I'll, you know, we can grab it from there just to start the bones. And then from there you ask other colleagues to fill in who are the subject matter experts. Gotcha. And how many of these types of assignments are you working at at a given time? Um, so I have, we, it's, I think there's five of us. So we, between the five of us, I want to say there's, I don't know, maybe five or, or six, like a week okay. circling around. And then we kind of go from there. And sometimes it takes a really long time to get the information. And sometimes it's easier and it's more complicated. A lot of people have to look at it. So it's like takes a, a long time to take like a week to do like a paper that's like a page, you know? So. <laughs> so then how does that process you're working on, on average, maybe one paper a week for that with lots of different steps within the process, how does that map on to a typical day? Like what does a day look like? For you? Um, so we have with, besides that, like on the policy team, we have portfolios. So um, we have, let me try to think of the portfolios and I was going to say also that sometimes we can be pulled in other directions. So I was going to say that I've actually been in Guatemala for the past three months and I just got back last week um, because sometimes they ask us to go and fill in. So we have something called some and a part of the team that's called refugee coordinators. And so they actually like they're foreign service officers and they live abroad and they work on refugee issues like but on the ground in the country. And so um, since there's a lot going on with migration in um, Latin America, specifically in Guatemala, so they asked for someone to go to Guatemala for three month um, temporary assignment. And so I already speak Spanish and I lived abroad for several years and I can tell you about that too. But um, so I, I went um, and I left like the first week of July and I just got back last Friday. So I'm a little bit, <laughs> I'm trying to think of like, the day-to-day -day and it's a little bit I'm like trying to think because I've been kind of removed from it but um yeah I think um I know from now specifically now my portfolio is uh western hemisphere like policy issues and then so each person kind of have depending on their expertise one person does congressional inquiries because they have experience with that so based on like our experiences and our interests um we all have different portfolios besides the actual paper like pushing, I guess you would say. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. So multiple kind of large roles. One is the on-demand assignments right. um, of those papers. When mm -hmm. you're not working on those or maybe simultaneously, right. constantly updating this portfolio. of Right. And doing other work for towards that portfolio. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Uh, helpful to understand that. And can mm -hmm. you give some more examples of the type of work that would be in your portfolio? Sure. Um, so I guess one, so I have two portfolios. One is the uh, Western Hemisphere, which is new because I've been 
abroad and doing that. So <laughs> I will just, that would just be basically if there were actually policy papers specifically about the Western hemisphere, about Latin America, then I would be the first one to kind of start that paper because I have experience and I can start the bones that I, that I was talking about with that. And then my other portfolio is called um, the follow to join visa, which is basically if you were a refugee, if you are a refugee or an asylum seeker, you can petition your family member to, from, from the U.S. to come, your family member who's abroad to come to the U.S. once you're there. And so because I have experience with doing visas and stuff like that, um, they asked me to do that portfolio because I kind of understand the process of processing the visa itself. Um, but it's really, we work with like the legal, our legal office and our consular affairs office, because they're the ones who actually do the visas. But um, I'm kind of like a liaison between um, my office and the consular office if there's questions or concerns. So that would be examples. We have like certain cases that we are working on to try and get through um, cases that were are in litigation, like we were like the government was sued for a certain case. And so we have to make sure we can get that case through and figure out how to make it work so um, that these people aren't stranded in their countries, stuff like that. So that those are examples of like what I would do with my portfolios. So your portfolio, is it a different type of work than like preparing the papers for the- Yeah, other? it's 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 more, um, I mean, everyone everyone's portfolio is different, but um, yeah, for example, for the file to join, it's kind of like, being, yeah, a liaison between different offices within the government to make sure we're all working together to get these um, asylum seekers or refugee family members um, get their paperwork processed so they can be reunited together in the U.S. Gotcha. Okay, so you're working internally in that role to sort of answer questions. Yes, answer questions. Right. And I'm making sure people right. know. What's and so, for example, the other another colleague of mine has a congressional portfolio. So a lot of people write to their congressman or congresswoman, and they're like, you know, this person is waiting to hear about their refugee status. It's you know been pending for a long time, so they'll send an email, and then the, there's a congressional office within my bureau, and then they send it to us, and then we kind of look into the case and. We can't really give details or anything, but we try and help them as give them as much information as we can. And so that's someone else's portfolio. Very helpful. I was originally assuming portfolio would be similar types of kind of writing, getting research and then writing about topics, mm -hmm. the diversity of tasks around right. mm -hmm. constituents or looking into cases. Okay. Right. And you said you have two of those main areas of your portfolio outside mm -hmm. um, other requests. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Exactly. Are there any other big roles that fill up your time in a day or a week? Um, I'm trying to think. Um, I mean, I guess in a way, we also just kind of are the, I guess, organizational team of the Bureau for some, for some reason, somehow. <laughs> um, so I guess we're trying to like get everyone organized with like all of the documents we have and just try and find like a a way to systematically store it in one place or like with with all the papers that we're doing like there's so many that um one of my colleagues created like this tracking system so that we can like make sure we don't miss any so that's a really good thing and stuff like that and 
there's also budget which somebody else does there's a budget um person um but she actually left so I'll probably have to fill in for that I don't even know how to do that but they're like oh Kelly can you help us with that I was like sure why not <laughs> so super dynamic it, it is it on is one end you can go to Guatemala for three months right. yeah a new coordinator role on the other right. take over budget so you have kind of positions but they may be changing given the need right they may, and that's a good thing there are a lot of um opportunities like my supervisor is in working at the UN for three months for his like he's doing a detail up in New York and so like there's a lot of opportunities if you want to switch it up like you can you just have to you know seek it out but if you want to you definitely can find like different things to you know maybe it's something you're more interested in or just to take a break or whatever but there's a lot of opportunities that's a great point I mean also a great way to prevent burnout by you right know, exactly goal, you can just take on some different tasks yes so with that what are some things that you like about the role or find challenging um I think what I like about it is because like you know I guess I originally started my I guess international career in Peace Corps and so I think it's always you know the higher up you get the further away you are from like the working with people and doing that kind of thing. So I think working with like the, the refugee population, I feel a little bit more connected, like I'm doing something to help someone else. And so I really like that aspect of it that I'm like, you know, helping someone um, to get out of a dangerous situation. And even though I'm not like there, you know, but you know, I, I'm one part of the puzzle to help someone. So I think I really like that about it. Um, I think as always with so many, with all like government work, there's just not enough people to do the work. So I think at times it can be um, overwhelming and the good, it's a good and bad thing that we're allowed to do these like details and stuff. Because if one of like, I was gone for three months, my supervisor is still gone for like another couple of weeks. So like, then it left my team with like, you know, less people and they're all like burned out and tired. So you know, it's a good and bad thing because you have to kind of pick up the slack and you want everybody else to get the opportunity also. But um, yeah, so that can be hard because there's not enough people. Definitely. On one end, you have super fulfilling work, but yeah. on the other end of that, it means there's so much to be done for the yes. cause that yes. enough people to, yeah. to so easily without stress. And then going back to when you talk about those opportunities for either switching roles or maybe taking over a new one, is that technically an opportunity to move up or is that more of a horizontal kind of change? Like you with the budget, for example. Um, I guess the budget is kind of like horizontal, but you can move up. It's just a matter of uh, finding that right opportunity that that is a step up. Um, you just have to look out for it. I mean, I feel like the difference, so there's like the civil service, which I'm in, um, you know, you work mainly in DC or in the US and then the foreign service, which I was in temporarily, but um, not anymore. But basically the foreign service, they're, like the opportunities are there and you kind of like pick them and move to another country and do a different job. But I think the civil service was designed to be kind of like where you do the same job like for a really long time. But I think that it's changing, I think with like the employees now or have a different mindset like younger people are not going to stay in the same thing so I think the opportunities are there you just have to look for it because it's not designed for you to be like 
moving all around and going different places, but you just have to like be proactive to find them. Gotcha. And, and I don't know if I answered your question because I like went off. No, you totally did. And you okay. led to exactly where I was going. So it's perfect transition. So then building on that, if you're looking for those opportunities and you're being proactive, like you said, is there a standard you need to do two role, two years in this role to move up? What's the process of moving up in terms um, of Um, I think you need well, first of all, you need to be there for a year because like for your first year, you're kind of on a probationary period. Um, so you need to stay for a year. And then from there, you, I mean, I don't think no one, everyone's gonna be like, no, you cannot move from your job if it's less than a year, but I think that it might look bad if you do it, um, less than a year. Um, and then we have like internal, uh, websites that show like jobs that are being offered. So you can look at that, um, and see if there's something that you want to do. They are, they send emails sometimes when they're like really in need of someone to go and then you can see if you can work it there, but, um, and you also have to have, so like, there's like the government scale with the, you know, numbers, like your grade eight, nine, 10. So if your job is both just for example, it's like a grade 11, 12, then you can move. If you start at 11, you can move up to a 12 or be promoted to have more responsibilities within your job, but be, get more like get a better salary. So that's another way to work it if, to make sure that when you apply for a job, it's two two um, grades so that you can move up easily. Because sometimes it's harder. You can only move like across instead of up if you don't have that like double where your where your um, position says like two grades. And I you know this is this is me like learning this so I'm pretty sure that's the truth but you know I that's what I've heard from many people so that's something I'm trying to go with (laughs) look look into more depth around that but start by looking at what grade level is which wrong but basically different jobs within the government have associated numbers yeah based on your experience so then now within Uh your job what was the training to get into this role so before this job, I was still working for state department, but I was, um, it's called a limited career appointment, um, in the foreign service. So you can do based on, if you speak a language, I think there's like five languages, maybe Spanish, Arabic, Chinese, French, maybe, and maybe there's one more. Um, so if you speak those languages, you can apply to work for five to six years as a consular, um, consular officer. And so you go abroad and you work, you're just like a foreign service officer, um, but you, you know, do consular work, visas, passports, stuff like that. Um, but it's a good way to decide if you like that lifestyle because you're doing everything that all the regular consular officers are doing. So you can, you know, you live abroad, you work in an embassy or consulate, um, and you just get to see the whole hierarchy of like embassy work and all of that. So I did that for... or like yeah almost five years I did two years in um, Monterey Mexico and then I did um, like a little over two years in um, Lima Peru and I was there Um, and then so that had training you know we learned I did like a top off on my Spanish and we learned about like consular work and then we go to work Um, so I guess 
I wasn't, the training wasn't as rigorous for me because I was already working in the department and I kind of knew the, the vibes of state department, I guess you could say. Um, so then once I got into this, um, job, um, it was kind of more learning about the refugee process, which honestly going to Guatemala, cause I actually, I started this year, I started in February, so it hasn't been a year yet. Um, so me going to Guatemala was really good for my learning process. Cause I was able to see the refugee process from start to finish and what, what exactly goes on to process the refugees. So that was more of my on the ground training, I guess you could say, which was good. So you started kind of, you were already within the state department, got some mm-hmm. training for another job that relates to this one, then right. you got both kind of in-person and boots on the ground training in Guatemala. Mm-hmm. For those who are interested in following you, is that kind of a standard path into your role or could someone come with a different background and get trained when they start the job? I think you can always come with a different background and get in, but I would say that if you have any experience like already in the government or working with state department, it's just easier because, um, yeah, once they like get your resume and they see that you have experience working in the government or in something similar, I think it like pushes your, your resume forward a little bit faster. I had, um, which I didn't end up using, but um, it's called, um, what's it called? It's a basically like a non-competitive eligibility thing where as a result of doing my consular fellowship for the five years, um, you get one year of non-competitive eligibility, which you can, when you're on USA Jobs and applying for jobs, you can add that like certificate to your job um, to your resume and so that people can see that when you're applying for jobs. Um, Unfortunately, I feel like a lot of people didn't even know what that was, so it didn't really help me. (laughs) And I didn't even use it to get this job, but um, that's something that's supposed to be like a perk to doing the job. But sadly, I just think it's just not well known, so. I've never heard of that. And so I definitely, I mean, I don't work in that role, but so it's a potential perk that may or may not. Right, maybe I think, if you like, I had it after Peace Corps also. So I think if you're just starting out working and you're in like a entry level job, I think that it does help you because you add that to, you know, they're looking for people who already have some experience. And if you add that non-competitive certificate, it probably will help you as like a just starting out person, but it didn't help me now because they're just like, what is that? I don't know what that is, you know? So then, okay, going back to kind of your mentioning a few of your previous roles, mm-hmm. things that you did out of college, what were really the biggest steps that led you to want to be in this role now? Um, I think, as I mentioned, doing Peace Corps, um, I think that kind of, I mean, I think I honestly started that out of wanting to just live abroad and like speak Spanish because I love speaking Spanish. And so that was like my initial interest. And then um, I think, you know, I had a good experience doing that. And then through um, Peace Corps, I did the uh, uh, my master's. It was kind of a Peace Corps program where we did, we had um, a fellowship as part of our um, studies. And then we went to school full time. Um, we had like a practicum every week and it was with other returned Peace Corps volunteers. And um, so we did that. I did that. And so they pay for most of it. 
like they just I mean actually they pay for all of it you just pay for like your fees and stuff like that so that was great um as like something and you can once you do Peace Corps you can look up which universities participate in this and it, there's different ones all over the country so depending on your interests or what you want to study they will pay for some or all of your schooling so that's something very good to know and then what did I do after that after that I was looking for a job and it was kind of hard to find a job at that time and um I worked um I previously worked for this the AFS intercultural programs um between finishing Peace Corps and grad school because it was like a temporary job but then after I graduate graduated from my master's one of my old bosses was like oh do you want to come back and work and I was first I was like no because I like want to do something else um but then I need a job so I was like of course I'll go back and then that turned into like almost two years later but during that time um I applied for the consular fellowship that I was talking about where I went abroad so I was kind of it was good to have a job and just kind of wait even though I was losing hope because it took so long like um with you know with all government work you know you have to get a security clearance and you have to be interviewed and all this it's a long process so it took like about a year I think to actually get the job and then during that time there was a hiring freeze and so there's a lot of stuff going on <laughs> so um that took a long time so uh eventually I did the consular fellows and then from there yeah then I did that and I just came back from Peru in January and then I started this job in February so I just you're doing so many things <laughs> different roles yeah. and there was so much in there that I want to loop back to when we get sure. to advice at the end with I think mm -hmm. a lot of people feel pressure to have the role that they're in be sort of the one where you're right first you went here then there was kind of a role in between which you want right. to do kind of short-term thinking but before we go back to that can you talk about as you're trying these different roles and mm -hmm. you wanted to be temporary at some and kind of longer term at the others what were the factors that you found as you're going through this that you did want in a job that you maybe didn't want in a job what'd you learn um I think I learned oddly enough my job with the AFS intercultural programs was before working from home was cool I was working from home <laughs> um for like those two years and um, I think one of the things I found for me, for me personally was that I kind of like a balance of like working from home, but also having like interaction and just like figuring out how you like to work and how you like to be like supervised and all that stuff. I kind of think I figured that out based on just having all these different roles and different um, jobs. And I kind of learned that, you know, I think 20, like having working from home, like all the time, I think isn't as good for me but I can do it but it's not my like ideal um and yeah I mean I just think having the time to think about what you really want to do and I always I was waiting for so long for that consular fellows job and but I know I knew I really wanted it I wanted to live abroad I wanted to experience that um not, and still not really knowing exactly what it, the job like was exactly but I knew that like some aspects of the job looked interesting and I was like this will lead me to something that I eventually want to do and it has parts of what I'm interested in so like why not go for it and see if I like it and then go from there so I kind of I've, I've never like been like oh my gosh like this is the exact thing I want to do like like a doctor or a lawyer or something like that but I knew that I've always had interest in being abroad, living abroad, um, 
Spanish specifically, like Latin America. So that's what I, and I ended up doing that. So I got there the, like a windy path, <laughs> but. <laughs> but I think that's a great example of reframing the question around what do you want to do implying kind of a singular job whereas you're mm -hmm. talking I thought about the qualities that I wanted how I wanted to be managed what type of mode of working where in the world I wanted to be and like what you were mm -hmm. doing well is super helpful for people trying to figure out how they want to answer that which then kind of brings us to the last point on advice with what advice do you have for someone first who wants to follow your role wants similar types of job qualities um, I would say if you are interested, for example, if you're interested in living abroad, just do something related to that. Like if you just want to like find a summer job where you can like work in another country and because I think you just get connected to people who are doing the job. Like I was living in DC and working at uh, is like the International Dairy Foods Association, like this random job and um, working doing meeting planning. But then when I was living in DC, I went to like, I wanted to practice my Spanish. So I went to like a Spanish speaking, like practice class and someone there had done Peace Corps before. And she's like, no, it's a great experience. You should do it. And so like you follow like your, I guess your interests. And then from there you can find something that's, I mean, that's how I found out about Peace Corps. I didn't know about it, but um, I think, you know, I got connected to it and then the rest is history kind of thing. So I think that if you just go after your interests, start there and not just think about the actual job, but like what you want to do and what you like and what you're interested in. And I think it's good because like the younger generations like don't want to stay in the same job forever. So just take that to heart and say like, okay, I can work in this job, but I don't, it's not forever. I can do something else afterwards. So um, I think that's good advice. And also for if you are more organized and um kind of person from the beginning there are a lot of like fellowships and stuff like that from college for specifically working for state department if you want to do foreign service if you want to do um just work within the government there's a lot of like internships for that this starts you off and then you start from the beginning so I have a lot of friends who like started in right after college or in grad school and like they've been working for years because they you know knew what they wanted to do and started from there so it depends on like, kind of how your mind works. I think that's great advice with either if you know what you want to do, you can start looking into programs like you mentioned, government mm -hmm. fellowships that may even be like Peace Corps and pay for if you want to go to mm -hmm. grad school, depending on the program. And if you don't know, don't stress, start with your interests and really what you're passionate about. And then, as you said earlier, follow the types of things that you want and look for a job that will match that. Yes. Crazy. Any other final advice for careers generally or specific to your path? Um, I think just don't get too stressed if you, yeah, like I said, don't know exactly what you want to do. I studied communications, like broadcast communications. So I thought I was going to be like in news and doing that. And I'm not. <laughs> um, but I mean, I still use my communication skills in other ways. And um, so... I think just don't get stressed out about that. Like if you end up doing something different or you graduate from college and you're like, ah, oh, I still don't know. Like there's opportunity. Like I'm 39 and still figuring it out and I'm going to do something different probably in a couple of years too. Like, you know, you just, we just kind of move with how everything's going and flowing and just don't stress out about that. 
I love that. Be in the moment. Enjoy the process of discovering yourself. Yes. Great mm-hmm. <laughs> advice. Well, thank you for that advice and for telling us about your path. It's been a pleasure having you on. Thank you. Um, no, my pleasure. <laughs>